Did you know that our celibate Catholic priests have something they carry around with them that they sometimes jokingly refer to as their wife? I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us for this hour of spiritual direction on air and online. Before I get to what some priests jokingly refer to as my wife, I want to tell you about a great birthday gift that I got one year. As some of you know, I was studying to become an ordained minister in the Episcopal Church at one point, but that wasn't the Christian tradition I grew up in. Nonetheless, one of the things for which I am grateful for my time in Anglicanism is encountering the Book of Common Prayer. It was through that resource that I really started a pattern of regular, set, daily prayers through the praying of the Anglican Daily Office. Then, in 2010, my wife and I came into the Catholic Church in April, and my birthday is in early May. So my dear wife, who of course knows me well, for my birthday that year got me the four-volume set of the Liturgy of the Hours, and it's been one of the best birthday gifts I've ever received. I pray from it every day, and it's responsible for some great spiritual growth in my own life and in our marriage. And now, as you probably have guessed, this is what I've heard some priests humorously refer to as my wife, their breviary, or their prayer book. It goes with them wherever they go, it keeps them on the straight and narrow, and it helps them grow in love for Christ and his church. Just what is the Liturgy of the Hours? How can it help you, or has it helped you, grow in holiness? That's what we're talking about on the show today, the Liturgy of the Hours and Praying the Psalms. Our spiritual director for today's show is Father James Kubicki. Father Kubicki is a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. He gives retreats and missions around the country, and his prayer reflections, of course, can be heard throughout the day right here on Relevant Radio. Father Kubicki, thanks for joining us again. You're welcome, Patrick. I'm glad to be with you and talking about this great topic. It is a great topic. And for those who are unfamiliar, Father, maybe you can just lead us in by telling us what the Liturgy of the Hours is. Well, the Liturgy of the Hours, it's also known as the Divine Office, and then the book that the priests carry or or deacons or others is called the Breviary. And basically, it's a four-week cycle of prayer. It used to be uh, a one-week cycle, and through that one-week cycle, 150 psalms, all of the psalms, were prayed. Uh, then, uh, after the Second Vatican Council, it was reformed into a four-week cycle in which we pray all 150 of the psalms, plus other canticles from the Old Testament and the New Testament, canticles meaning songs, uh, poems, and it's so uh, really known as the prayer of the church. So throughout the world, this prayer book is being used, and these psalms and readings are being prayed with. Uh, so it's it's a way for all of us to feel connected with the universal church, and to know that we're we're not praying alone, but we're praying as a community, as a body of Christ. 
I think that's an, an essential and important element of the Liturgy of the Hours. It just is so moving to know that uh, the same psalms, the same responses, the same antiphons that I'm praying in when I'm praying the Liturgy of the Hours are being prayed by by bishops, priests, deacons, and a number of laity throughout the world uh, on that same day, which is it's moving to know, and it kind of helps with my understanding of the breadth of the church. And Father, just to be clear, now while the clergy, I believe there is a there is a requirement of of praying the liturgy of the hours, but it's also laity are encouraged to pray it as well, right? That's correct. When uh, deacons are ordained, they who then either permanent deacons or transitional deacons, they make a promise to pray the liturgy of the hours uh, through for the rest of their lives. And because it's the prayer of the church, that's a very serious obligation that all the ordained have. But within religious communities, uh, religious communities of brothers or sisters, uh, the Liturgy of the Hours are also prayed in their entirety. And then, um, again, after the Second Vatican Council, when uh, the breviary was translated into English, um, it the encouragement was for all the faithful. And uh, so in parishes, you might have uh, Vespers, the evening prayer being celebrated on Sunday evening along with benediction, or there might be special feast days that are anticipated with a vigil service in which the Vespers or evening prayer of the church is prayed at that time. And again, it's uh, I've seen this in different parishes because, you know, I get to go around the country giving missions and such, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see the all the faithful introduced to the prayer uh, the liturgy of the hours it can be somewhat intimidating and i know <laughs> right. many individuals who <laughs> are kind of confused maybe when you first started praying with the yeah. four volume set uh patrick <laughs> did you get help with that or did you have a cheat sheet as it were to help you go through that prayer i i i did get a little bit of help with it uh, i relied a lot on kind of right in the middle as you know father there's the uh, there's the ordinary so that kind of instructs you generally how to go and uh, that was a helpful bit as well and it did it took it took some days weeks maybe even months um to figure out what the pattern was and especially as and that's one of the benefits i think too as you were just mentioning father is that it draws you more deeply into the liturgical calendar the feasts and the fasts the celebrations that were that we're observing throughout the liturgical year. That was a great gift to me. Right. You know, because it is so rich, you know, we just finished the uh, liturgical season of Easter, and now we're back in what's called ordinary time or ordered time, numbered time. It's mm -hmm. not ordinary in the sense that, well, now it's back to the same old, same old, but it's uh, more the sense that the Sundays and the weeks of the year are numbered. And so we're now in week eight uh, of of the uh, ordinary cycle. And uh, as you said, you know, when we, we come to the, the different saints' days and their special readings or special psalms for the more major saints, um, and then when we go through the, the season, of, of uh, Easter, for example, uh, where there are many more alleluias included in the prayers. It's, it's really a way to be um, more aware 
of the richness of the church's liturgical life. Um, because the liturgy is the celebration of the Eucharist, the, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, but the liturgy, which means the work of the people, is um, is the entire prayer of the church, and it includes this liturgy of the hours or divine office. Mm-hmm. Father James Kubicki is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. He's a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're talking about the Liturgy of the Hours and particularly praying with the Psalms. Do you pray the Liturgy of the Hours? Do you have a way that you can talk about that has led you more deeply into your life with Christ? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Is there something particularly about the Psalms that you enjoy praying? Have you incorporated that sort of prayer into your daily prayer life as well? 888-914-9149 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, of course, um, these prayers are are meant to be something that is uh, that is it's a discipline, certainly that you pray throughout the day, throughout the weeks, throughout the months, throughout the years. Um, but at the same time, there is such a richness I've found with you know you are hearing um, some similarities as you go year after year. You start getting used to it. You start letting it seep into your bones, I, I suppose, in a sense. And let me just ask you for your testimony, Father. How has the Liturgy of the Hours uh, really anchored your life of prayer? That's a great question, Patrick. And uh, I love the Liturgy of the Hours. I know I've heard some uh, people complain, some priests complain that, well, it's the same Psalms, it's the same readings. And uh, for me, it's exactly what you described, Patrick, that it's a way that every year I touch base with uh, some readings that become more and more familiar to me to the to the point where I look forward to hearing those because there's the the pleasure of familiarity. Um, and it's it's like the scriptures, you know, some people might say, well, I've read the Gospels, what's the point of reading them again? And the point is this, that according to the letter to the Hebrews chapter 4, the Word of God is living and effective, living and effective. So we believe that the Lord is present when the Word is proclaimed, when it is prayerfully read. And in fact, if you think of the Psalms, the Psalms uh, were the prayer of Jesus. He would have prayed those in the Jewish synagogue and was very familiar with them. And as he was dying on the cross, he prayed some of the Psalms. So they're, they were the prayer of Jesus, and they're the prayer of the body of, the, of Christ, the church. For me, um, I began praying the Liturgy of the Hours before I had the obligation to do so. So I was a, a Jesuit seminarian. Um, I had just taken vows, and um, I was looking for something that would help me in my prayer, that I, w- I wouldn't have to approach my daily prayer thinking, now, what should I pray with today? Um, because the church has this ready-made prayer for us. And so given my personality, I found it, it very easy to uh, turn to the liturgy of the hours and make it part of my daily routine and the rhythm of my life. Um, I didn't mind the fact that it was repetitious, that uh, you know you go through the Psalms um, uh, during a four-week cycle. I didn't find that at all repetitious. In fact, uh, the more I prayed those Psalms and they became familiar to me, almost to the point of having them memorized, 
um, I, they took on a, a greater meaning for me. And so I, I really found the Liturgy of the Hours helpful to me in establishing a regular prayer routine because it was right there. And again, as I said, I didn't have to think, now what am I going to pray with today? It was right there in front of me. That's a great point that it is there, that it's given to us. And again, I mean, just the the beauty of being able to pray those same prayers as uh, Catholics around the world are praying. Uh, clergy, religious, laity are praying around the world. It's a, it's a great gift. If you have a way that the Liturgy of the Hours has touched your life, if you're just getting into it perhaps and you have questions, give us a call. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones now, Father. We've got Anne who's calling in from Orland, Pennsylvania. I, Anne, welcome to The Inner Life. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call, and thank you for your ministry. Um, Father Kavicki, I love everything you say, so God bless you. Praise God for your ministry. Um, I really love Liturgy of the Hours. I've been praying that for a few years, and um, I heard it explained once, and I really cling to this, that um, I, when I pray the Liturgy of the Hours, um, I, I feel like Christ, my brother, is using my voice and my prayer to pray to his father for us and um, with us. And it's amazing to me that I'm saying this prayer while thousands of people, who knows how many others are saying the same words. And some of those Psalms may not have anything to do with me at this time in my life or what I'm experiencing, but I am praying for somebody else, maybe very far away and it, it might help them. Wow, and that uh, first of all, thank you for your kind words uh, to me personally, and thank you for this this witness because um, what you said is is absolutely right on target. That uh, first of all, as as you mentioned, the uh, prayer with people around the world praying together, it's it's that sense that I'm not alone. I'm connected. I'm part of the body of Christ, but also the head of the body is Jesus. And as St. Paul wrote, and so he shows up in the Psalms, uh, the, number the Psalms, uh, refer to the suffering that he endured on the cross. And um, so throughout the Psalms, there's a sense that Jesus is, as you said, praying with us, through us, as members of the body of Christ, but also that these are, you know, the prayers that he himself would have prayed, the Psalms of praise and thanksgiving, uh, the Psalms that talk about the history of salvation, how God saved the Israelite people from slavery in Egypt, and all the different ways that uh, Jesus would have used these Psalms in his own prayer. Um, you're absolutely right that at a, a certain Psalm may at some point not connect with what we're feeling at that moment where um, some of the Psalms come out of great sorrow and others come out of great happiness and praise. But through all of them, as you said, it's the church praying. It's uh, those members of the body who are in sorrow. And so you're joining yourself with them when you pray those Psalms or the members of the body who are filled with joy and thanksgiving and you're joining them with that prayer as well. So, um, Anne, I couldn't have said it better. You, you Thank you for letting uh, other people know that this prayer is not just for priests or deacons. It's, it's for all of us, and it can be very helpful to us in our spiritual lives. 
All right. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for the call. And Father Kubicki, we join Anne in saying we we love everything that you say as well. So we've got grateful that you're here on The Inner Life as our spiritual director today as we're talking about the liturgy hours and praying with the Psalms. Do you have a favorite psalm? If so, why? Why is that your favorite psalm? Give us a call. Share with others. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send it to us in an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. All right, so I, I I do want to get in more to the Psalms because the liturgy, the Psalms are kind of the bedrock of the liturgy of the hours, and uh, it uh, it all seems to revolve around that, Father. But quickly going back to something that you mentioned earlier, it can be a little intimidating um, if you're just kind of trying to wade into the liturgy of the hours at the outset. So, do you have any words of advice to how people might get started in this great prayer? Well, I have to admit that uh, there are s- some books I'm not familiar with the ones that that guide you through um the the prayer, the recitation of the divine office. I know there are there's a little uh pamphlet that accompanies the four volume set and uh but I d- I don't find that it's it's that instructive in terms of okay, what do you do? What's the difference between um, the feast day and a solemnity and uh, a memorial, an optional memorial. When do you use the different um, uh, antiphons for uh, mm-hmm. what's called the Benedictus, the uh, prayer of uh, Zechariah at in the morning prayer? Or when do we use the different antiphons for Mary's Magnificat in in Vespers? Um, it, it's really intimidating. So what I suggest to people is uh, online there's uh, uh, a thing called the iBrevery. Uh, it's an app that you can download for free, and uh, it will take the, um, the different parts of the Liturgy of the Hours and help you pray them. It'll do it for you. Or there's another uh, website called divineoffice.org, and that also uh, has uh, the Divine Office that will... Um, kind of laid out for you, so you don't even need to get the book. Um, but then also, um, I know Bishop Barron, his Word on Fire apostolate has now published monthly um, liturgy of the hours that again uh, spell it out for you. the The thing is that even with Bishop Barron, you get different options. Uh, well, for example. Um, just recently on uh, May 25th, we had the option of celebrating different saints. And so uh, Bishop Barron's Liturgy of the Hours will choose one of those saints. But um, you might want to pray with one of the other saints. So, for example, on May 25th, we had St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi, who was a Carmelite nun. And if you have uh, an affinity for Carmelites, or if you're a third-order Carmelite, of course you'd want to pray uh, with her that day, uh, but the readings that are chosen would not be those because there are several options. So um, I think the best thing again is is some are some of these apps that are available to us um, for a beginner. Those are the best ways to have it kind of laid out for you. Um, so that you you don't have to look at the instructions on the one hand and then try to pray it on the other hand, but you can dive right in. Right, right, very good. And let me also take this opportunity to, for since you're listening to Relevant Radio right now, don't forget about Daybreak, which is uh, one of our shows where my good friend Paul Sadek takes us through 
morning devotions and prayer, spiritual reflections, meditations from the daily mass readings, and morning prayer. So that's a way of getting into the Liturgy of the Hours as well. That airs at 4 a.m. Central Time. So you know what, though? You don't have to get up at 4 a.m. if you live in the Central, or 5 if you live in the Eastern, or wherever you live. You don't have to get up that early in the morning. Um, it's always available on the show page, the Daybreak show page at RelevantRadio.com. If you are a regular prayer of the Liturgy of the Hours, if it's made a significant impact in your life of faith, or if you have a favorite psalm that you would love to share, why it's become so meaningful to you, give us a call. Join the conversation as we're talking about the Liturgy of the Hours and praying the Psalms. Our studio line is 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break, but more of The Inner Life coming up right after this. Today, we'd like to thank Douglas, who is listening in Wisconsin, for donating his 1998 Ford Ranger. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, and we are speaking with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, about Liturgy of the Hours and praying the Psalms. Do you have a favorite psalm? If so, why? Why is it so meaningful to you? Did it come give you joy or comfort, consolation in a particular time in life when you really needed it? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Let's take a phone call, Father. Father Bill has been waiting patiently there in Chicago. Father, welcome to the Inner Life. Well, thank you, and good morning to everybody listening. Good so morning. Like all priests, I made uh, a sacred promise at the time of ordination to the transitional diaconate to pray the Liturgy of the Hours every day, and I've done that faithfully ever since through 32 years of priesthood now. <laughs> and I must say it's been one of the great blessings of my priesthood. Uh, it's deeply spiritual. It's a form of Bible study because nearly all of it is extracted directly from the Bible. And uh, it's just a great uh, f- uh, expression of Catholic spirituality. It's a great prayer. What I'd like to share with you is a handout compiled by the Liturgical Institute at the University of St. Mary the Lake in Mundelein, Illinois. The Liturgical Institute was uh, started by Francis Cardinal George to promote the renewal of the liturgy and the church. So they put together a great handout that's very inspiring called Singing the Divine Office with the Mundelein Psalter. It's, uh, it's, it describes the t- transcendent nature of the liturgy of the hours or divine office. This official liturgy of the church is joining the angels and saints at the throne of God. It is Christ's song brought to earth from the halls of heaven. In the Liturgy of the Hours, the Church offers to God, without ceasing, a sacrifice of praise. It is the very prayer that Christ himself, together with his body, the Church, addresses to the Father. Hmm. All who render this service are not only fulfilling a duty of the Church— but also are sharing in the greatest honor of Christ's bride. For by offering these praises to God, they are standing before God's throne in the name of the church, their mother. So, it's a, Father, if, sorry to cut in, but it's a, it's, a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful reflection. Is this in the Mundelein Psalter? Is that what you're reading from? 
this particular quote that I just read is actually just from the general instruction of the liturgy yeah. of the hour. Right, right, which, okay. The way I did a paper on that when I was in the seminary, and it's a great uh, spiritual reading, the general instruction of the liturgy of the hour, because it mm. shows the, the history, uh, the theology, the spirituality, and the biblical foundation for the liturgy of the hours. It, it explains all of that very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Father Bill, I know that uh, at our seminary in Milwaukee, the uh, uh, the Archdiocesan Seminary St. Francis de Sales, um, when we have solemn um, vespers or or uh, matins, what we'll we'll use is that psalter that came from Mundelein, um, and it it has uh, chant uh, music there that I'm just beginning to learn since I didn't learn chanting grow, uh, through my uh, priestly life, but um, the seminarians all chant on special occasions. But um, I think your encouragement, you know, for for that this is not only for for us priests or or deacons, but it's it's really the the church's prayer for everyone, and can really be helpful to us in in our in in our spiritual lives. That's great uh, advice, and I know the liturgical institute um, at Mundelein has has done. A lot of great things for the renewal of of the liturgy um, through in in the English world. So, mm. thank you for letting us know about that. Right, indeed. Thank you, Father Bill. Appreciate that, and thank you for your faithful prayer. Of course, I mean, just to to know that uh, you, as along with all these other clergy and laity and religious, are praying throughout the world. Glad you're one of one of the many of us who are doing just that. So thank you, Father Bill. I appreciate you you calling in and sharing with us. Father, we talked about uh, some about the the Psalms really being the center of the Liturgy of the Hours and uh, forming the foundation from which a lot of the rest of it springs. And you were saying some great things about, you know, the Psalms, Jesus himself praying the Psalms even from the cross. So let me ask you, Father, uh, have you got any favorite psalms since you've been praying the Liturgy of the Hours for a number of years now? Any favorite psalms that have surfaced from that? Oh, yes, indeed. Um, uh, several of them. You know, if, if we go to the middle of the book, uh, uh, Psalm 131 is very short, uh, but it's... it's um, uh, entitled uh, "Humble Trust in God," and it's it begins, "Lord, my heart is not proud, nor are my eyes haughty. I do not busy myself with great matters, with things too sublime for me. Rather, I have stilled my soul, hushed it like a weaned child, like a weaned child on its mother's lap. So is my soul within me." And so, especially when I, I find myself challenged uh, to, uh, when I get worried or anxious about something, I, I try to turn to that and, and imagine myself praying that psalm or, or pray that psalm and imagine myself, uh, God holding on to me, um, like a mother holding on to a child. Um, another one just shortly before that, um, that I, I like to refer to is Psalm 127 where it says, unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build. This psalm always reminds me, okay, it's God's work. I, I can work in his service, but in terms of bearing fruit or uh, the success of my efforts, it's up to the Lord. Uh, it's, it's a reminder. I always think of that psalm in conjunction with uh, Jesus' words at the Last Supper, John chapter 15, where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And then another favorite psalm of mine is Psalm 90, which um, shows up frequently in the office of, of uh, the divine office of the church. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a psalm in which we recognize God is God from all eternity. We are creatures. We are made from dust. And uh, so wisdom involves recognizing I don't have forever, uh, but God is forever. And so at the end of my life, when I return my life to the Lord, um, I want to be aware that I, I have tried to live every day in his service. So mm. Psalm 90 is another favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good, Father. Thank you for that. Father James Kavicki is our spiritual director today on The Inner Life. We're talking about Liturgy of the Hours and specifically praying with the Psalms. If you have a favorite psalm, if there's a psalm that has come to mean a lot to you, then call in. Tell us why. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. I mean, the psalms really, Father, are there's such a variety in there. And I, I know this has been talked about and extolled uh, by so many commentators on the psalms for so many years that there's the variety that you can find in the psalms, psalms of joy and rejoicing and celebration to Psalms of uh, distress and uh, prayed out from, well, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord, right? And there's a, mm-hmm. there's a sense in which um, there's that, there's that, there's even Psalms that seem to be a little bit, if I may say so, a little bit teed off with God. <laughs> I mean, in the sense of, um, yeah, how long, O Lord? I mean, are, are you, are you listening to me? Yeah. That sort of sentiment as well. Um, that variety is just a gift. Right. It it really covers uh, all of, let's say, human emotion, all that we can feel we, we bring to God. And it's a, a way of saying, you know, you go to the Lord, uh, not simply uh, when you're feeling bad or, uh, you know, asking God, why me? Um, but also when you're uh, feeling uh, happy and, and praise. And, you know, um, some of my favorite Psalms have to do with creation giving praise to God, and me then joining my voice to that of all of creation, uh, especially where it talks about the trees clapping their hands. And, right, you know, right. when I, I read that line, well, what I think of is is the tree rustling in the wind during the summer, the leaves rustling, and the, the trees clapping their hands in praise of God. Um, it's such a beautiful image. So like like a lot of poetry, which is what the Psalms are, we get these very concrete images that we can visualize as we're praying the Psalms, and it can help us again uh, go deeper in our prayer. And what exactly, Father, if I may ask, I mean, what what are the Psalms? I mean, how were they? How were they? How and when were they written? By whom were they written? And how did they come to be in that that uh, easy, usually easy to find kind of central portion of the Old Testament? That's a, that's a great question, Patrick. And that's where you know, uh, going to seminary or to um, a university school of theology, um, you would have an entire course just on the Psalms and the different kinds of Psalms. And the authorship, you know, is uh, there are several different authors, but the one that uh, we're most familiar with, um, that according to scripture scholars, uh, King David uh, wrote. Uh, 73 of the Psalms. And uh, that's where we get a lot of the songs about um, uh, entreating God 
because he's on the run. His life is at risk, and so he asks the Lord to be mindful of him. But also we hear David uh, expressing sorrow for sin. Uh, so something like Psalm 51 uh, speaks of, uh, comes right from the heart of David, where he has sinned and he is sorry for his sin, and he expresses that to God. So uh, David is is the main author, but we also have other um, uh, people who uh, contributed to the Psalms, bringing together 150 of these songs, prayers of Israel that we pray to this day. Mm-hmm. We do. We pray them uh, not just in the Liturgy of the Hours, but of course we always have, well, almost always have a psalm reflection in Mass. Sometimes it's a canticle from another part of the, of the Scriptures, but uh, we have that. And I guess any recommendations, Father, because um, I'll be honest, there are times when I go to Mass and I'm either, I'm stuck on reflecting on something in the Old Testament reading that was just read, or uh, or during this past Easter season, of course, the from the Acts of the Apostles in the first reading of Mass, or if there's a second reading coming, if there's a gospel coming, I'm kind of anticipating that. And sometimes I I just kind of miss the psalm, even though I'm reciting the antiphon and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so any suggestions right. on how to approach the psalms in Mass? Well, that's a that's a very good question too, Patrick. And I I think one of the ways of approaching it is to ask because it's it's no accident these these psalms that appear at mass don't follow a chronological order. You know, from Psalm one to Psalm one fifty, they are specifically chosen to complement the um, uh, the first reading and the gospel. Um, so, um, usually, and now this time of year, um, the, we're going through, um, the book of Sirach now and, and then the gospel of Mark, and it may not appear that, uh, you know, where does this, where do those two readings connect because they're chosen independently, but the Psalm is always chosen with one of those readings in mind, especially the first reading, because it's a response to that first reading. And so, um, what would be helpful, I think, for our listeners is when you, uh, do, when you read or pray or sing the psalm response, try to imagine why does this, co- or how does this connect with the first reading? Uh, how is this a response and a further reflection to the first reading? And in that way, it's almost like a little game, you know, you're playing where you're asking yourself, okay, there's a reason why this psalm was chosen. What is that reason? And that can help us then uh, reflect better on the first reading, but also give more meaning to the responsorial psalm. Yeah, that's a great advice, Father. I really like that. If you have a uh, way that you enter into the psalms at Mass, if you have a favorite psalm, and uh, look forward to it coming up either in your daily prayer or something you rely upon or is something that comes up at Mass, give us a call. Tell us why that psalm is your favorite psalm, 888-914-9149. Let's go now to Teresa, who's calling in from Long Beach, California. Teresa, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you very much. Uh, hello, Father. Hello, Patrick. Hello. I, I, uh, whenever I, I do pray the psalms with a group um, at church, and uh and I, they're just very joyful and play and um, songful. I tap my feet when I'm praying them. And uh, but when we ever get we get to Psalm 104, I love when it gets to there's a sea vast and wide with its swar- moving swarms past counting living things and the ships are moving and the monsters are made to play with, and it's the the 
playfulness of God. It's just so sweet. Yes. Oh, that's uh, Teresa. Thank you. You know, that's uh, uh, helpful to to all of us to re- to remember that these psalms. Uh, capture all of those emotions, including God's playfulness, um, that God plays with the creatures. God loves the variety of creatures that he has made. And so uh, Psalm 104 in particular is a long psalm, but it it talks about all these different aspects of creation. I remember I I spent about um, seven months uh, in a Ukrainian Byzantine Catholic monastery, and every evening Psalm 104 was prayed. And I, at at first, I thought, well, this is going to get very boring every day to hear this same psalm. But again, through the repetition and uh, the kind of reminder that um, a, as evening falls, um, many creatures come out, and God feeds them, and um, humanity uh, leaves the work behind. Uh, but then as morning breaks, uh, humanity goes back to work and uh, uh, the animals go into their dens and hide for the day. Uh, it's it's just a, a beautiful reminder of, of the wonder of creation and uh, to give praise for that. So thank you, Teresa, for bringing that particular psalm to our attention. Yeah, it's one of my favorites too, Teresa. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yep, and the rabbits hide in the rocks. I, I just love it. Anyway, it's it's yeah. good stuff. And uh, if, if you're familiar with the Psalms, if you have a favorite Psalm and you would like to share why it's your favorite Psalm or some some line from a Psalm that really moves you, give us a call. Encourage and inspire one another. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Or send us an email: innerlife at relevantradio dot com. Going to take another short break, but we've got more of the show coming up. So stay with us. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com forester, an Illinois life insurance society. Not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Thomas Engesser, who's producing the show today, and Sarah Tafoya taking your phone calls, and to our spiritual director, Father James Kavicki. He gives retreats and missions around the country, and his prayer reflections, of course, can be heard throughout the day here on Relevant Radio. We're talking today about the Liturgy of the Hours and the praying of the Psalms. And, Father, we've had a couple of nice emails come in as well. Becky from Sock Center, Minnesota, said that she recently ran across Sing the Hours, sung by Paul Rose, and she can't say enough how beautiful it is. Now, I'm unfamiliar with this particular resource, Father. Are you familiar with it at all? I have not heard of that. No, that's okay. it's great. Our listeners, you know, have their ear to the ground and <laughs> I love to uh, have suggestions for us. Yeah. He sings morning and evening prayer and says it can be found online at singthehours.org. So there's a there's a potential resource as well. Not been vetted, I should say that, but um, but I uh, I will go with the wisdom of our our astute listener Becky. So thanks for that, Becky. Um, we also have one from Mary who's uh, writing in from Los Angeles, California, and she says. I have come to love praying the Psalms via the little office of Baltimore. And she says she works nine-hour shifts and needed to be brief. I feel I am learning the language of the Holy Spirit. 
And she says she also uses St. Bellarmine's commentary on the Psalms to better understand the metaphors and meanings of parts of the Psalms I don't understand. And maybe that's a good transition, actually, Father, to talking about, Mary's email sets us up well to talk about how people might get into the Psalms a bit more. I mean, how, how would you suggest people pray the Psalms if they're not familiar in doing that? Well, uh, you know, even though I am familiar with the Psalms, uh, because I've prayed them um, for over 45 years, um, I, I still, I have a number of books that I've uh, accumulated uh, that I'm thinking, when I retire, this is what I want to read in order to better appreciate the Psalms. Uh, one of them actually is a, a book by Peter Kreeft, K-R-E-E-F-T, called yeah. Wisdom from the Psalms. And uh, it's actually on the back, it has an endorsement by our own Patrick Madrid, um, nice. who encourages uh, people to pick it up. So um, I think reading about the Psalms that way can can help them come alive more. But also what I try to do, as, especially with any kind of vocal prayer, written prayer, is to uh, try to visualize um, what I'm reading or praying with. So uh, this comes out of St. Ignatius, his uh, way of using the imagination. So, you know, some of some of it is very easy. We can imagine ourselves sinking into the mud uh, the way David was at one point, or we can imagine um, the trees clapping their hands and the rivers clapping their hands as they go over a brook. You know, those kinds, I think just pausing and slowly reading the Psalms and trying to say, you know, how how does this prayer that I'm praying also, um, uh, let's say, fit with how I'm feeling or where other parts of the church that might be suffering or experiencing great praise, how how can my prayer be united with them as well? Yeah. Good advice, Father. And I and I like that to visualize and, and the Psalms, many of the Psalms actually um are are really good at doing just that. And I think that there's a lot of a lot of people who would say they've gotten a favorite psalm because of um, circumstances or something that they were able to easily visualize um, what was going on in their lives. For example, again, another email, Katrina says Psalm 27 is her favorite psalm, which she memorized one month prior to the 9-11 tragedy, and it helped her to find peace after 9-11 and continues to be the way to reestablish trust in God when I face difficult trials. And that's the one that begins, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? When evildoers come at me to devour my flesh, these my enemies and foes themselves stumble and fall. So, great. Katrina, thank you for that. Let's go to the phones, too. I think we've got more favorite psalms coming in this way, too. Um, Al, who's calling in from Toma, Wisconsin. Al, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, hi. I, I just wanted to, to let you know that the psalms have given me great comfort in my, my life. I I used to travel quite a bit and work in the corporate world, and I'm retired now, but... Um, you know, having lived in the corporate world, you're you're experiencing lots of pressure to make numbers, and and you're downsizing, and and, and uh, having to, to to tell people they don't have jobs and, and that kind of thing. And what helped me was uh, the first Psalm in particular, uh, and I got to the point where I memorized that, and I that was how I set my day. And that's how I tried to form my mind to keep my focus on God was memorizing that first psalm. And it gave me a lot of comfort as I was going through some very difficult times in the corporate world. And 
to this day, now years later, decades later, it, I still go back to it and recite it very often just to wow. kind of reset things for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And that's the psalm that says, you know, happy are those who follow the way of the Lord rather than the way of the wicked. And they're like a, a tree planted near streams of water so the, their leaves do not fade. Uh, I, it's, it, I could just uh, imagine you, uh, you know, anticipating some stressful things and, and saying, you know, Lord, I want to be planted in you like a tree near running water. And you're the one who um, has to give me the grace to, to do well today. So that's a great psalm for the morning. Thank you, Al. Mm, yes, appreciate it, Al. Thank you for sharing that. Prayers for continued, yeah, good, good life as you as you the Psalm one has set you up to live. So thank you for that, Al. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go now to Tom, who's calling in from Sacramento, California. Tom, uh, welcome to the Inner Life. Well, hello. I I just wanted to say one quick thing. Um, a psalm that I like a lot is um, Psalm eighty nine fifty two, which um, I use it as a prayer, and it's it's blessed be the Lord forever. And I find it to be very comforting. You know, when you're when you feel stressed or you know you you're worried about something, I just say that, and that I offer that as a prayer, and I think it's very helpful. And mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Tom, thank you. And, you know, what you bring up is so uh, important, I think, for all of us to hear as well, that there are short phrases like that in the psalm that uh, can become uh, short invocations that we remember uh, during stressful times. I'm sure many listeners are familiar with Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, But there are so many other psalms that can be helpful when we're experiencing temptation, which is what Jesus did. You know, he quoted the scriptures when he was being tempted. And we could keep a whole arsenal of these uh, little verses from the psalms that can help us give praise to God or to ask God's help and to remember that God is God and we are not. And uh, so blessed be God forever. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate that. Great, great recommendation. And I, you bring up a good point, Father, is that these Psalms, like incorporating them into our, not just into our lives, not just even into our minds, but into our into ourselves, into our souls. I mean, they become part of the air that we breathe. They do form this arsenal against sin, against wickedness, against the devil, and and all these temptations that we may face as well. That's modeled to us, as you pointed out, by Jesus. Another great reason to uh, to familiarize ourselves ever more greatly with the Psalms. Let's go now to Michael, who's calling in from Bakersfield, California. Michael, welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. When I was very, very young, uh, in in church, uh, they had the um, readings, and one of the readings was from uh, Daniel chapter three, verses fifty-two through uh, ninety, and the repetition, the repetition of praise uh, him, I praise and exalt him above all forever. Um, drove a lot of the point home, but. I mean, it was, ye heavens praise him, ye waters praise him, powers, stars of heaven, every shower, dew, wind, chill, heat, cold, dew, everything, uh, praise the Lord. And 
uh, from that point, I could see through my life that uh, I could have a joy with just breathing in the air through my uh, normal day. That uh, actually, one lady said to me, "You cannot be that happy," <laughs> but I can be because of all this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, Michael, that's and that's a great reminder. Uh, that's from Daniel chapter three, and that shows up. Um, in the breviary, in the divine office, it's it's from the prophetic literature of Israel, so it's not a psalm, but it's in the psalm format. And as you said, it, it goes through all of creation, praise and exalt God above all forever, birds of the air, cold and chill. That's one of my favorites, uh, and it shows up uh, a couple times in, in each month during and on major feast days. It shows up uh, in the morning prayer of the church. So uh, it, it's a, a great reminder that uh, besides the Psalms, the Divine Office has these other songs that appear in the Old Testament and New Testament that it's also good to be familiar with. Right. Michael, I appreciate the call, and I appreciate the commentary on that particular passage from Daniel chapter 3, too. And if I may if I may do so, I am going to uh, embarrass my wife yet again, because I think one of the, she's taught at a Catholic school for a number of years now, one of the most genius things that I've ever seen her do with this particular passage. So she divided it up into its, uh, into separate pieces, you know, so as, as Michael was just saying, you know, it's a uh, dew and rain, bless the Lord. Frost and chill, bless the Lord. And then all, you know, dolphins and all water creatures, bless the Lord. Birds of the air, bless the Lord. She divided those up into their individual uh, verses, and then she handed them out, one per student. And each student was then required to draw a picture of what they thought that that looked like. So just a little tip for any of you who are homeschooling, looking for something to do with the kids over the summer, or <laughs> perhaps a Catholic school teacher, I think that's a great move um, with that particular passage. It helps to visualize, like you were saying, Father. I agree, Patrick. That's a, a great idea for all of our uh, teachers, our parents, uh, teaching. And also, it's a way of familiarizing uh, children with the scriptures and the beauty of them. So it's a great idea. Exactly, exactly. Uh, another email has come in, this time from Kelly, who um, you were talking before about these these singular lines that can come up, um, blessed be the God forever. Um, for her, the line, thou shall not want, gives her peace of mind. Um, just uh, especially as she's, she says she's widowed and has many single friends, and, and they all lament how hard it is to meet good people who want real relationships. So I guess in that particular category, and in fact in any category that we find ourselves in want, um, there is something that is to be said for specifically thou shalt not want. That's right. Thou shalt not want because the Lord is our shepherd. He's the one who uh, will care for us. And even if we're feeling lonely, we're never alone because the Lord is there present uh, with us. So it's a great reminder. Thou shalt not want. Mm. Such a rich treasure of uh of ways of connecting with the Lord in all the various seasons and uh, trials, situations, joys, challenges, whatever it may be in life in the Psalms. So grateful that you have led us through our discussion of that today, Father. May we have your blessing, please? Be happy to do so. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of the Holy Spirit, your own spirit, the spirit of Jesus. We thank you for giving us the grace to know you and to love you and to serve you. And we ask your blessing upon us that we may do that better one day at a time. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
Amen. Amen. Father James Kabicki has been our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today. We're talking about praying the Psalms and specifically the liturgy of the hours. If you missed any part of the program, of course, you can always go back and listen on the show page at relevantradio.com. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Daniel Schuster is our celebrant. And tomorrow, preparing for and praying the Mass. How can you participate deeply in the Mass? We'll see you then. Until then, grace and peace.